Some of you may be familiar with a, with a TV show that was popular. It was a comedy uh, a few years back. It was called Arrested Development. Uh, maybe some of you have seen that, maybe not. That's okay. You don't really need to. But there's uh, in the show, it starts off, there's this family business, and there's a lot of corruption going on in the family business. And so the father goes to prison. And so the son, kind of the main character of the show, he goes and visits his father in prison one day, and they have the following conversation. The father says, I haven't had a vacation in years. This is my vacation. I'm exercising. I'm sleeping well. The son is kind of shocked, and he he looks at him and says, Dad, you're doing time. And the father says, I'm doing the time of my life. Wouldn't that be something if you were in prison, had no freedom, didn't realize the extent of what was going on, didn't realize the reality? You just thought everything was fine. It was like a vacation at a resort or something. I think that's the definition of ignorance is bliss. Well, we are going to talk today, and we're going to, we're going to sing uh, that wonderful song of the Reformation, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, here in just a while. Um, and we're going to reflect on how God is our mighty fortress, but first we have to talk about the other fortress in which we have all resided at one point or another in our lives, and that is the mighty fortress of sin. Because everyone is born into a mighty fortress, but there's just that catch. You know, we kind of, fortress sounds good, right? It sounds safe and secure, um, but there was that one little detail in the real estate listing that we didn't, that we overlooked, I guess. It's a fortress of sin, not a good kind of fortress. And so this is the reality for every one of us. We're all born sinful. We're born sinful and unclean, From a spiritual perspective, we are born blind and dead and enemies of God. Everyone, every human being who's been born since the fall into sin back in the Garden of Eden is born this way. And we have a sinful nature inside of us. We sin against God. We sin against one another by the things that we think, by the things that we say, by the things that we do. We are, in reality, we are locked up in a fortress that is owned and operated by Satan himself. It's a terrible situation, and yet some feel very secure in this fortress. Well, why would that be? Why would you feel secure? Well, if, if you're like the dad from Arrested Development, not knowing that you're actually in prison. If you're like the Jews in the gospel reading that Jesus, where Jesus was speaking, they're like, how can you say we'll be set free? We've never been enslaved. You know, if you don't know, then you're, you're blissfully unaware. And that's exactly where Satan wants you to be. He wants to keep you in his mighty fortress forever. He wants us to feel secure and safe and never know that we have a problem. Well, here on this Reformation Sunday, we are uh, rejoicing that God has revealed the truth to us, that he has preserved and passed down the true teaching that 
we are sinners, but that there is a Savior. Um, he has passed this down, and, and we'll talk about the, the huge role that his servant, Martin Luther, played in proclaiming the true gospel for all generations now to know. Uh, Luther taught, as, as he went through the word of God, he taught that there were two main teachings found in the Bible. And as Lutherans, we say that those two main teachings are the law and the gospel. And I, I know the way I teach it, uh, in like a new member class or in a confirmation class or whatever, is I use an acronym, an SOS acronym, to describe each one of those. I'm gonna quiz you guys real quick. You guys didn't know what you were in store for here. Um, does anybody know what the SOS is for the law? I'm looking, I should like call on a, like an eighth or ninth grader or something. Oh man, or, or a sixth grader is good too. Yeah, Levi, what is it? Yeah, shows our sin, the law. What about the gospel? Can we get a, a different caller for that? SOS, gospel, what does that stand for? Oh yeah, oh. Same family, though. Say it again. Shows our, savior. shows our Savior, yeah. Say it loud and strong, yeah. So the law shows our sin. The gospel shows our Savior. So it's this message of the law, then, that we have to hear. Otherwise, we think we're on vacation, right? We don't know that we're in the fortress of Satan until we hear the law, and it shatters the security that we feel. It's like you, you look at a mirror, that's what the law really is. Um, you know, it's, it lists off all the ways, all the requirements that we would have to be righteous in the sight of God. And I, I look at those things and I look at my resume and I just see in the mirror a sinner staring back. And that happens to, you guys want to look in the mirror for a second? Yeah? It shows us that we are sinful. And we need to hear that so that we can be directed ultimately to the gospel and to our Savior. So, but once you, once you realize, though, what the fortress really is, um, I mean, we're not, we're not dumb, right? We try to escape when we find out we're in Satan's fortress. We try to get out, but the, the problem is, you know, can you do it? Is it possible for you and I as sinners to break out of the, the bonds of our sin and do that ourselves. Well, it turns out that it is impossible, and Martin Luther found this out the hard way. Martin Luther is our sinful saint of the week as we continue this series, Stories of Sinful Saints. Luther would be the first one to admit that he was a sinner um, and made a saint, but he was trying to figure out, well, how do I become a saint, right? How do I become righteous in the eyes of God. And it was a struggle for him because in his days, the church was not portraying uh, God accurately because they were really not teaching the entirety of how God reveals himself in the scriptures. So they were portraying God the Father as like this angry judge and they were portraying his son Jesus Christ as like this unattainable example of righteousness. Like he sets the bar so high that I, when I see Jesus, I don't see any comfort or you know, hope of salvation there. I just see what I can never do. And, and the church was teaching, well, Jesus did most of the work, but you've got to do something to complete that work. And Luther was just dismayed at every point, thinking, I'm never going to be good enough. How can I ever have the assurance that I'm going to go to heaven? So he tried everything he could. He would pray all day, and he would fast, 
And he had, he had what I like to call a confession obsession, where he would just go and list off. He would try to remember every sin he had done that week, and then he'd be walking back home, and he had to turn around because he remembered one, and he'd go and confess that one again. He'd go, oh, if I can get them all down, maybe I can be forgiven. He would hurt himself. He would go sleep outside in the middle of the winter. These are all things that would like be assigned to him. Well, you're a sinner. You've got to make yourself right with God. But he didn't feel like he was getting there still locked in that prison in that fortress of sin and guilt the one that Satan has us in he did not know how to escape because we can't do it on our own now Jesus talked about this and he, he, one time he told a story kind of an analogy he was describing how yeah Satan is powerful he described Satan as a strong man and what it would take to break sinners out of his house, so to speak. This is from Mark chapter 3, verse 27. Jesus said, But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then, indeed, he may plunder his house. This is the reality. Again, this is Jesus just telling us a little more bluntly, I guess, we are locked in the house of Satan. And he's very strong, and he will not let us out. The only way to get us out is for someone to bind Satan, to do battle with Satan, a righteous one who can do that where we cannot. And so Jesus comes, and he does bind Satan, but it's, it's not just that simple. In order for Jesus to bind Satan and to rescue us, Jesus himself had to be bound he had to be bound to the cross, bound with the sins of the entire world, your sins and my sins, to suffer and to die in our place and rise again to defeat Satan himself, to defeat sin, to defeat death, all these powerful enemies that we don't stand a chance against. Jesus did it for you, and now by his grace, by faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior from sin, that's the only way that we are set free, the only way that we are rescued. And so Jesus takes us out of the house of Satan, and now he himself becomes our mighty fortress. Jesus himself. It is only the Son who can set you free. We just read this from John chapter 8. Only the Son can set you free. This is the full and complete gospel. This is what the law directs us to. It's Jesus alone who can save. And if the Son sets you free, then you are free indeed. You are free in that fortress now that brings peace and salvation. Jesus, God, is that fortress for us. And so Luther came to know this by the grace of God, and it became his life's mission then to make sure that everybody else would know it too. That he didn't want anyone else to be locked up like he was, wondering if they would ever be able to break free of Satan's fortress. And so Luther, uh, Luther um, the story of his life was about proclaiming Jesus. And he did that um, at, great, to his, at great peril for himself, once Luther discovered the truth, you know, he went out and, and did his, the, the thing that we're going to celebrate tomorrow, October 31st, uh, 1517, right? This is the 505th anniversary of when he wrote down all the things that were wrong um, with what the church was teaching. They were 
um, they were using this theology so much, we, we refer to it as like Jesus plus. You know, Jesus, is, Jesus has a role to play, but there's a lot of stuff that you guys have to do too. So he's writing down all what's wrong and talking about, you know, from Scripture what it says and trying to get a conversation going. The, the, the church leaders were not thrilled with Luther kind of airing this out there in public. They condemned him as a heretic. They invited him. They gave him the wonderful opportunity to come to this gathering at uh, a city called Worms. It was called the Diet of Worms. And they said, Luther, you're going to have the opportunity now to recant all, all of the, the things that you have written and the things that you've taught and the things that you've preached. Here, we're going to put all your books in a big pile and uh, we're going to burn them. Uh, but first, we want you to um, acknowledge that you wrote these things and that you uh, recant. You say, that, oh, yes, these are false teachings. I'm going to... I'm going to move on. I'm going to repent and, and be a good citizen now. Um, one of the things Luther said when he saw all the books was, well, I've, I've written more than these. You know, <laughs> you guys haven't gotten them all, which I just love that. Um, but then Luther, in response to this, he said, unless I am convinced by Scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of the popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand, I can do no other. God help me, amen. 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 <laughs> there we go. Can I get an amen from everybody else? Yeah. Perfect. So Luther makes this declaration that we can, we can all make it today. Luther makes this declaration. He stands on the word of God, and then they grant him safe passage away from the Diet of Worms, but then they change their mind a few days later, and they said, no, we're gonna declare him to be an outlaw. Anyone who captures him can kill him with no, no uh, repercussions. And uh, so Luther's friends staged a kidnapping, and they took him to the Wartburg Castle, which is kind of like a mighty fortress, really, for Luther. He stayed there for about a year. He was safe, and he kept on working. In fact, he did um, one of his most important works was translating the New Testament into the German language because the, the common people of Germany, uh, they couldn't read the Bible in their own language back then. They just had to rely upon, many times, the corrupt church leaders to tell them what the Bible said, and they were kind of at their mercy, but now... Luther's like, I'm going to get this gospel into the hands of all people so they can know how to be set free from Satan's fortress. They can learn about Jesus. So Luther set to work doing that. But Luther still didn't know, even when he was in this mighty fortress of Wartburg Castle, still didn't really know what was going to happen uh, from then on. You know, he's probably wondering, well, am I going to get taken and put in prison or am I going to get burned at the stake as a heretic? Um, he didn't really know, but he knew that God himself was a much better fortress than even the castle in which he was residing. And he was reflecting, I bet he was reflecting upon one of his favorite psalms, Psalm 46. We read this earlier. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And he was taking refuge in God, even with all the uncertainty that was to come, even with all the en his enemies and enemies of the gospel that were out there working. God was a mighty fortress for Luther, 
for you and for me as well, God is our mighty fortress. There is nothing, there is no one else who can rescue us from our sinful prison other than God himself. Though the, as the psalm says, though the earth gives way, though the mountains are toppling into the sea, the, the waters are roaring and foaming and the nations are raging and everything is crashing down around you, God is the refuge and strength, the very present help in time of trouble for Luther, for you, and for me every day of our lives. We are preserved. We have peace and salvation in God alone. He is our mighty fortress. As another great Christian song goes, which we sang kind of a version of it earlier, you know, another great Christian song says, we are weak, but he is strong, right? Jesus loves me. You guys could have done the actions with me, but that's okay. That's, that's what Luther is teaching us. We are weak. We are helpless when it comes to this, to saving ourselves, but God is strong and he does it all. God is our mighty fortress. The main problem in Jesus, or in Jesus, in Luther's day, um, was that the church was, they, they were pushing Jesus off to the side. They were taking the spotlight off of Jesus and they were putting more of a burden on you. They were trying to give you a prominent role in how you were gonna be saved. And sometimes we, we refer to this as like a Jesus plus theology. We've been talking about that already, but you gotta add something to the work of Jesus. You gotta be, you gotta be scared if you hear this, Jesus plus theology being thrown at you. It's not right. It's not worth anything. It's trash. I remember fondly playing basketball with my dad in my basement on the, the little tykes basketball. Who better, anybody got one of those? Five foot tall, probably. Maybe six feet. And I would drive to the hoop, try to score on my dad, and he, with great delight, would swat the ball away halfway across the basement and then say something like, get that weak stuff out of here. Still have nightmares about that. <laughs> but in the same way, if someone is trying to give this Jesus plus theology to you, you can say, you can say, get out of here with this Jesus plus theology. You can swat that away and say, get that weak stuff out of here. That's garbage. We don't want any of that. We want the theology, not Jesus plus, but Jesus alone, Jesus solo. It's all about Jesus. Because if I have to play a prominent role in my salvation, I am doomed. If, no offense, but same with you guys. If you've got to play a prominent role in your salvation, I know some of you, There's, it ain't happening. You're doomed. We are all doomed if, if, if the burden is on us. It is only Jesus. He is the mighty fortress who saves us, who rescues us from the fortress of Satan. Thanks be to God that Jesus has done it all. Luther knew this, and it became his life's work. The story of his life was to set people free by preaching the law and the gospel. Because he knew that by preaching the law and the gospel, people arrived right at Jesus. Because the law shows you the problem, shows our sin. The gospel shows us the Savior, shows us God's solution and his salvation. And so Luther made it his life's work to do that. Luther was a sinner, but by the grace of God, through faith in Jesus, he was made to be a saint. You and I, we are sinners. 
But by the grace of God, by faith in Jesus Christ, we are made to be God's saints. And so here today on Reformation Sunday, and really any, any other day or week of the year, we celebrate as Lutheran Christians founded on, on the Reformation teachings of law and gospel, founded on this Jesus alone, Jesus only theology, and we rejoice. And we're gonna keep on, in the spirit of Luther, preaching law and gospel so that people, so that we can be reminded but so that all others may know that they, that they have been rescued from the fortress of Satan and that they are safe and secure and at peace with God in the mighty fortress of Jesus. All praise be to him. All glory be to God. In Jesus' name. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, you are the mighty fortress for us. We give you thanks and praise for sending your son, Jesus, to set us free. Keep us strong in our faith. Keep us daily repenting of our sin and daily rejoicing in the gospel, seeing our Savior, Jesus. And help us always proclaim Jesus, Jesus alone, as the source of our salvation. We pray this all in his name.